You know, one of the things that Vicki and I have done for years and years and years in our Christian walk is we read the Bible. And uh, Vicki reads the Bible every morning. I read the Bible every morning. And I want you to know that if you'll make a habit out of reading your Bible, it will change your life. You can't help but be changed by the Word of God. And it'll bring hope. It'll bring healing. It'll bring peace in your mind. And all you have to do is just take time each day and read the Word of God. Lots of times as Christians, we don't read the Word of God, and then we wonder why things don't change. The Bible says that the book itself is God. God breathes. I just want to encourage you this morning. This isn't my message, but I just want to encourage you by the Spirit of God. Make time to read your Bible in 2018. Make a daily habit out of reading the Word of God, and you will see growth. You will see change in your life. Amen? Now, anytime you read the Word of God, the Bible itself is full of the promises of God. And sometimes the promises in God's Word can be so good, they can be so amazing, sometimes it can be hard to take them in. I mean, it just can be. You know, a person in your family or a person at your job could go by, uh, you know, go by you and make some kind of comment, maybe say something negative about you or have a negative comment about you or your family. And you know as well as I do, lots of times we can, we can hang on to those words. We can meditate on them. We can think on them too much sometimes, especially if it's somebody that you love, somebody you're close to, uh, their words can really hurt. But when God says something about us, it seems like Sometimes we just kind of take it for granted, or sometimes we don't, we don't really take it in. And here's what I know. Your heavenly Father loves you, all right? God the Father cares about you more than anybody on the earth, and he has promises that belong to you, and I just want to encourage you to be able to take those in and receive them. During the Christmas season, I spent some time talking about John the Baptist. And if you were here during those series, Jesus said something astounding about John the Baptist. He said there had never been anybody born of a woman that was greater than John the Baptist. Now, it doesn't matter what Old Testament hero you say, what New Testament hero you say, Jesus said there's no one ever born greater than John the Baptist. But then here's what he said that was even more amazing than that. He said, the least in the kingdom of God is greater than John the Baptist. Now, the kingdom of God is us. It's the new covenant. It's the saved. We're the children of God because we're the saved of God. And he said that there's not been anybody born greater than John the Baptist, but the least in the kingdom of God, the least in the kingdom of God is greater than John the Baptist. Now, I want to read a verse to you this morning out of Colossians 3. I read it to you last week talking about thankfulness, but I want to read it to you this morning and show you a different point. Let me just give you what's on my heart to start. Years ago, and I don't mean years, I mean centuries ago, one of the things that happened in church was people were taught that the only person who did holy work was the preacher, okay? The preacher or the priest was the only person that did holy work, and everybody else just did what they did, okay? Two words came out of that, and those two words were uh, sacred and secular, okay? Another term used in church is layperson, okay? You may have attended a church in your life, and you may have heard that word, Okay, the people up here are in the ministry, but those of you that are out here are not in the ministry, and if you are, it's lay ministry. Does that make sense to you? Okay, here's what I want to do. 
I want to show you what God's word says. And the thing I want you to leave with this morning is God has called each and every one of you. And it doesn't matter what your job is. As I look across this room from corner to corner, listen to me. Whatever your work is God's work. Whatever you do in your daily life, it's holy and it's sacred. Are you with me? Whatever it is you're doing, ladies, if you're changing diapers, if you're washing dishes, if you're cleaning house, gentlemen, if you're cutting the grass, you're sweeping out the garage, when you're going to work, whatever your job is, God sees it as holy and he sees it as sacred. And you've been called to do what God's called you to do as ever bit as much as I've been called to do what I've been called to do. Look what it says in Colossians 3, 17. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Look at the first sentence. Whatever you do, whether it's in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Listen to this. Your life and your work are holy. Another word for holy is sacred, not just the preacher. Now, probably all of you have heard of Ruth Graham. Ruth Graham was the wife of Billy Graham. And Billy Graham was probably the greatest evangelist preacher that ever lived in our generation, maybe that's ever lived before or after. Millions of people have come into the kingdom of God because of Billy Graham. His wife had a saying written above her kitchen sink, and let me read it to you. Divine services are held here three times a day. Now, obviously, she was talking about washing dishes. It was above her kitchen sink. Let me read to you again. Divine services are held here three times a day. Here's what I would like to place in your heart. Whatever it is you're doing, God's hand is on it. God's call is on it. And God sees it as holy. And God sees it as sacred. You matter in the kingdom of God. You matter in your job. You matter in your community. Let me read to you out of Revelation chapter 1, verse 6. Now, here's another one of those promises that, like I said, I want to install seatbelts in the chairs, okay? Our law enforcement would like that, okay? And yeah, No, they wouldn't care. He's like, I don't care if you have seatbelts, all right? This promise is so good that if you're not buckled in, it may blow you out into the aisle. Okay, and it's also so big and so good, you may not even, we can almost not take it in. Listen to what it says. This is amazing. God has made us kings and priests. Have you ever thought of yourself as being a king? I bet maybe not. Have you ever thought of yourself as being a priest? Now, I know when you hear that word, okay, if you came out of the Catholic tradition, you have a totally different view of that word than maybe somebody who didn't come out of that tradition. And I know you think of it as somebody that's a professional church person, okay? And I don't want you to think about it that way. What it means is, is that God has a calling and a gifting on your life. Listen to it again. God has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Now, here's all I want to do with that promise. I want to elevate how you see yourself. 
Okay, I would like for you to start seeing yourself the way your father sees you. I'd like for you to start seeing yourself the way God's word sees you. Instead of maybe a coach or maybe your mom or maybe your brother or maybe a boss you used to have, you start seeing yourself the way God sees you. And God says in his word that you and I are kings and that we're priests. And it doesn't matter if I am a teacher or I am in law enforcement or I work at the pharmacy or I'm a farmer. It doesn't matter what I do. I go to that as a king and as a priest. And every single thing I do is holy. You know, I see Isela every day at the Y, except when I miss. But I go to the Y, and I get on my bicycle, the Swin Airdyne. It's the devil's bicycle. And, I, and I'm doing, I can't do my feet because I'm not sitting down. But I'm riding my bike trying to stay healthy. Uh, Her mother always says she's going to give it away. And I pray that she doesn't give it away. I don't pray anything bad over her. I almost said that, but I don't. Amen. And I pray. All right, but I see her there every day. Now, why do I bring this up? Okay, because Isela has a calling and a gifting and anointing on her life. And she's a king and she's a priest. And God uses her every day at her job. And God has placed her there on purpose, just like he's placed you where you are on purpose. Listen to this. Your work is the work of God. God hides himself in the workplace. Isn't that good? Your work is the work of God. God hides himself in the workplace. Now, let me explain to you the difference between calling and assignment. Every one of you in here have a calling on your life. But through your life, you're going to have different assignments. Now, let me explain this to you. Okay, I have a calling on my life. You have a calling on your life. And I believe that calling doesn't necessarily change. But your assignment can change. Okay? Isela probably will not spend the rest of her life at the Y. I know she's going to college and she's been studying and she wants to do some different things. Her assignment's going to change. Now, am I making sense? Okay, but her calling doesn't change. See, this is my current assignment. God has placed me here, and this is my assignment. Where he's placed you is your assignment. Are you with me? It's so powerful to understand that. Now, I know tomorrow's Monday, and we can all kind of sometimes on Monday, right? You get up, and you're getting ready for work, and you think, oh, man, you know, it's another day, and man, you know, I just wish I had a different job or a better job, or I wish I made more money, or I wish I'd have stayed in school, or I wish I'd listened to my mom, or right? We've all thought that before. But what if instead you got up in the morning, and whatever you're facing in your day, you said, Father, I thank you for the assignment that you've given me for the calling you've placed on me and that I have a mission and I have a message. That changes everything, doesn't it? Now, yeah, come on, come on, right there. (laughs) I'm going to feel so better going to the Y tomorrow. I mean, man, it's powerful, isn't it? It's powerful. All right, let me read you another verse. Let me read to you out of 1 Peter chapter 2, Verse 9, listen to what this says. This is another amazing promise. But you are not like that. Now, let me explain to you what he's saying. He's talking about people who are not following God. Then he makes the statement, but you're not like that. Then let me continue. But you're not like that, for you are a chosen people. Hello, chosen people. Doesn't it feel good to be chosen? Were you ever that kid chosen last? I I was that kid sometime, right? Right? 
Okay, I'll take Rusty, dear Lord. <laughs> you ever, you ever, everybody's felt like that, maybe. Okay, maybe you haven't. All right, but it says you're chosen. Then I love this. You're royal priests. Now, the verse I read earlier says you're priests. Now it says you're royal priests. Then it says we're a holy nation. Listen, you and I are a part of a kingdom and a nation that's holy. Now, thank God for American. I love American. I'm so glad to be an American. I'm almost as glad enough to be an American as I am a Texan, okay? All right, so thank God for Texas. Amen, thank God for Texas. Thank God for America. Somebody's slapping, thank God for Texas. Amen. All right, but the point is, is you and I are part of something bigger than that. We're royal priests. We're a part of a holy nation. We're God's very own possession. I want that to speak peace to your heart this morning. You belong to God. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he's called you and I out of darkness into his wonderful light. Listen to me. If you're a child of God, you're a minister of God. If you're a child of God, you're a minister of God. You know what Jesus says to the non-believer? Come. You know what he says to the believer? Go. Right. We're only here for one reason. Do you know what my job is? My job is to minister to you, to equip you to do the work of the ministry out there. So you know what church used to think? Church used to think, well, we're going to come watch the preachers do ministry. No, that's not what we were ever supposed to be doing. We're supposed to show up here so I can help knock the dents out of your armor and you can go back out into the place God's called you. You're going to impact people this week I'm never going to meet, I'm never going to see. And whatever kind of training, whatever kind of job you have, God wants to use you there. He isn't going to use me, he's going to use you. You and I have been equipped for ministry, amen? Let me read you another verse. This is 2 Corinthians 5, 19. This is another amazing promise. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. Stop right there. If Vicky and I have a fight and we're mad at each other, but then we kiss and make up, it's called reconciliation, right? You know what that is, right? Reconciliation. We can fight and have trouble and be mad at each other, but we can make up and it's called reconciliation. Okay, you've been reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. The Bible says you were his enemy, but you're not now. Now let me continue to read and listen to what this says. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them, and he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Now don't miss this. This is so amazing. You see, I was the enemy of God. You were the enemy of God. But you were reconciled. Somebody ran into you and you know what they said? Hey, dad says, come on home. Dad says he sent his son and shed his blood and spent three days in a tomb and he's raised from the dead and he wants you to know he's not mad anymore and he's forgiven you and come on home. And you know what she said? I believe I'll come home. You know why you're here this morning? Because you came home. All right, now you know what you and I are supposed to do from that point? Every person we bump into, we're supposed to say, hey, dad said come on home. Well, my dad's dead. No, I'm not talking about that dad. (laughs) Amen? Yeah, I never knew my dad. Well, that's not the dad I'm talking about. 
Or my dad was never good to me and I don't ever want to see him again. I'm not talking about that dad. I'm talking about the dad that loves you. The dad that created you. The dad that redeemed you. The dad that's restored you. And he's saying, come on home. He's not mad. Come on home. You've been reconciled. Have you ever lived like that? I have. What are you doing? I'm hiding. Who are you hiding from? God. Man, right? He's after me. And I'm, y'all ever done that? I know you have. Have you been places you thought, man, I hope God doesn't come in here. (laughs) Amen. Yeah, I've been in those places too, right? Yeah, we've all been in those places. But you know what happened? You heard that the father said, hey, uh, I paid the price. Your sins have been forgiven. Come on. Isn't this simple? Isn't this amazing? The song we sang this morning, it's the simple gospel. Now, here's the amazing thing. It says right here in this book that we speak for God when we do this. Now, I don't know about you, but that just dumbfounds me. When you run into somebody and you say, hey, dad, want me to tell you to come home. The Bible says you're speaking for God. Now, you don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to know the Bible frontwards and backwards. You don't have to have 100 verses memorized. Don't have to know any of that. All you do is say, hey, come on home. Dad says, come on home. Now, now here's what happens. If we do this, uh, we won't be able to build buildings fast enough. We won't be able to have enough services because there'll be so many people. But you see, we don't realize that what God's called us to is holy and is sacred and that God's given us a message and that God's given us a mission. Jesus telling the unbeliever, come. He's telling the believer to go. Now listen to this. People are God's business. People are our business. They're your business. Take time to notice those around you. Sometimes we can be in too much of a hurry. I can be guilty of it. You can be guilty of it. People are God's business. People are our business. Take time to notice. I was in a business one time years ago. And I was at a counter, and a person came in the door. And when the person came in the door, the person at the counter said, oh, here comes Mr. in a hurry. Well, I knew that person, and they went to this church. And I'm not saying anything disparaging against that person. But it woke up inside of me. I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be in such a hurry in the grocery store. I can't minister. I don't want to be in such a hurry that when I run into somebody at the dollar store, I can't say, hey, Dad says, come on home. Hey, I'm hurting. Hey, Dad says, come home. You and I have been given the message and the ministry of reconciliation. Now, I want to ask you to ask God to do four simple things in your life. What if you got up every morning and said simply these three words, God, use me. God, use me. Listen, Pastor, I'm messed up. God can't use me. Yes, he can Hey, pastor, I don't have everything together. Uh, You don't want to know what I've been doing. God can't use me. Yes, he can. You're not waiting on God. He's not waiting on you to get your act together. He wants to use you right now. Hey, God, use me. God, use me. Here's the second thing. Hey, God, let my light shine. God, I want to let my light shine before men. When I go to work and I go to the store and I'm in my house, what everything I'm doing, I'm doing to the Lord. You see, because my life is holy and sacred. Your life is holy and sacred. Hey, God, I want to be used by you. 
God, I want to let my light shine. The third one is, God, give me boldness. Now, listen, I don't pray that. I don't need to. I don't mean that mean. I, I, I got that down. Okay, but you may need to pray that, and it's okay. If you're that quiet person, I'm that person doing this. My wife always does that. You need to do, you're doing this and you need to do this. Isn't that hurtful? Pray for her. I'm playing, baby, I love you. She's like, yeah, they need to come spend two days with me, right? Yeah, they, they would know. Pray for boldness. Now listen, I'm not asking you to get up on the table at Pizza Hut and preach the gospel. I'm not saying that, okay? I'm not saying that. And if you want to, do it, okay? But I'm not saying do that. All I'm saying is, God, I want to be used by you. I want my light to shine. And please give me boldness to be able to speak up when you give me the opportunity to do so. Then here's the last one. God, fill me with your love and compassion. God, fill me with your love and compassion for people. Sometimes it's easy to not have compassion. Sometimes we can have compassion fatigue. I can have it in my life. I've had things happen to me in my life, and sometimes I don't have a lot of compassion, and it's not right. God, fill me with your love and with your compassion. Then here's the last thing. What if you made a decision in 2018 that you're going to make a difference? Make a decision, I'm going to make a difference. God, use me. God, let my light shine before men. God, give me boldness. Father, give me compassion for others. You will be amazed at what God will do in your life, what he'll do in your family, what he'll do in your job. Amen? Bow your head and let me pray for you. Father God, I want to thank you this morning for this amazing church, this amazing body of believers. Lord, I'm so incredibly humbled that you would even let me pastor here. Father, I want to pray for every person here this morning that as we leave this place, that Father God, you stir those four things in us. Father God, I pray, use us, use us, Lord. Use us in our marriages and our homes and our jobs and with our kids. Father, let our light shine before men. Lord, give us boldness when we need it. And Father, fill our hearts, fill our souls with love and compassion for others. That Father God, everywhere we go, we can say, hey, Dad says, come home. He's not mad, you're reconciled. He's paid the price. Father, I'm thankful as we go from this place. We are refreshed, we are encouraged. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said?